Welcome to Counselor Find, a podcast for counselors past and present, finding their way in faith and current culture. We are your hosts, Shrek and Shopvac, also known as Terry and Zach. Oh, well, fantastic. I'm so glad you're here and uh, welcome back. It's episode, I don't know. And we are 40, 40 I think. Big 4 0. Uh, that is amazing. We are now over the hill. Um, mm. Or is that 50? I don't know. Midlife. Full on into midlife, and we're excited today to be joined not just by Zach and me, but Dustin's here with us. Hello. Say hello, Dustin. I was hoping for a drum roll lead up to that, but Do you okay. have a drum roll? No. Oh, do you have like a oh, party wait, hang horn? On. I don't know I don't what know that what was. That I didn't even did. hear it. I don't even know if it oh, did anything. It didn't, hang on. Oh, that's just a rim shot. <laughs> that wasn't it. That's not the drum that wasn't roll. wasn't it. <laughs> All right, so we're joined today, and this is fantastic. Thank you. Welcome, Dustin. Thanks. Glad to be here. I think <laughs> we'll find out. This is going to be a time. This is a time. And so we are uh, looking at trying to do something new with the podcast and try and include some uh, former counselors, people that were counselors to our counselors, people that were counselors to our counselors, counselors. And we are trying to just catch up and see what is going on, what's going on in your life. Um, now you're not just a former counselor, but you still come back and work at youth camp. That's and correct. And so you're still like actively involved at camp and that's fantastic. Yep. And Sharice is on the board too. Sharice so. is on the board. So yeah, you're a board spouse. Yep. Thank you for doing that. That's fantastic. It means a lot. It takes a lot out of me. It does take a lot out. It takes a lot out of all of us. <laughs> um, mm. And so I think what we're going to do is um, Zach has some questions and we're going to just, uh, come start firing them at you and see what happens yeah sounds good all right let's give her all right when were you at camp uh you're gonna have to be more specific than that <laughs> as a counselor what years were you at camp you're gonna have to be more specific than that day camp or youth camp day camp day camp okay when the first when did you start what was the uh, first year my first year was 2006 as a Oof. day camp counselor so I guess some of you might be confused because you ago. were maybe born then yeah that was 15 but... years ago <laughs> Okay. Yeah, so I was a day camp counselor from 2006 to 2010. So that's five summers. Okay. Yeah. So paint us a picture here. 2006, what was, who else, like, what was the directors, program director? Oh, what yeah. What kind okay. of things? Did you have a favorite summer you know, theme? Yeah, what was the theme? What was, you Did know. Did you still sing? Oh, yeah. How I many just campers were there in a the summer? These guys, these were not on the prepared list <laughs> no, of questions. So I just thought of them right now. Right now I thought of them. So let's go. Yeah, so 2000, <laughs> so in terms of who the directors were, um, that was, it was Dennis and Miriam Brubaker at the time. Um, uh, Uncle Charlie and Aunt Angel were their camp names. That, that's fire. Yeah. Um, and so what was the first... What was the first year's theme? I feel like it was some sort of, it was a, like some African theme, I think. Okay. Um, I think safari, safari kind of thing, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, the second one was like medieval, and then there was space. Um, space was when was I a, started. There was a Roman theme in there. That was my last year. And a missing yeah. one. Oh, construction was one as well. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere in there. So yeah, that was... That was kind of what was going on. Um, I mean, those are my high school years, um, the summer after ninth camp grade. Name? What was your camp name? Um, my camp name was Hobbs. Okay. Yeah. Like the comic. Calvin. Like the, yeah, like Calvin and Hobbs. Calvin nice. and. The tiger from Calvin and Hobbs. Um, yeah, Did I mean. Did you see yourself as a tiger? I don't. In a sense, or it was a, just a, a little cool bit, name? I guess. I don't know. I just like the comic. <laughs> okay. I, that's, I just really like the comic. And Calvin was a real name, so Hob, I went with Hobbs. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Hobbs is a real name now because of Fast and the Furious. Not sure if you've seen that oh, movie. I mean, or I the, saw the, the 12 of them or however many there are. But Yeah. I, <coughs> that's a whole, that's a whole other that is a line hole. of questioning. Yeah. yeah. That is a dark <laughs> hole. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I was there for five summers and, uh, um, I worked a couple sessions my first summer and then all summer, the rest of the years, um, all four sessions. Wow. Um, third year I picked up 
senior program director was the title at the okay. time. I think you guys messed up the leadership structure a little bit. <laughs> um, what? Yeah. No, so I was senior program. Well, what did that mean? What did you do? I So I was in charge of the program for the um, 10 and 11 year olds. Mainly. Okay. But I, I mean, a lot of the, a lot of it was like games director basically. Okay. So the junior program director and senior program director worked uh, together to plan all the games and to run all the games. Um, uh, you probably had some more chapel lessons than, than most in mm. there worked with the program director and the rest of the leadership team to, to structure the program. Um, but yeah, mainly responsible for the, the 10, 11 year olds. Um, and then, I went off to Bible school in 2009 to 2010 on the West Coast. And then the summer after that, I came back and I was the senior, or sorry, the 12 and teen program director. Um, right. So then I was responsible. That, that position at the time had kind of more responsibility with it in terms of actual like right. pro, program planning and theme and yeah, you actually like lesson the Bible design lessons and, and yeah, all that stuff. That, that kind of stuff. Right. So I did that my last summer. Um, and in terms of who the program, the actual program directors were at the time, um, it was Brad Weber. Okay. His, his camp name was Wiener. Uh, yeah, Wiener. Would not yep. pass today, but <laughs> no, okay. not at all. Love it. Um, and then <laughs> I think that was, yeah, I think it was him all the years. And then Mark Cockley did it my last year. His first year as program director was my, was my last year at camp was that 2010 summer Sec your I second think. last year was it my second last year it was my second year <clears throat> it was the construction year oh okay then I, my memory just didn't serve me well there i'm pretty sure okay sure we'll go <laughs> we'll go with it yeah um but yeah so then i was um yeah that was my kind of the end of my end of my time and that last year that i was there was the year the transition year um dennis and miriam were phasing out and right. the new directors we're right, coming right, right. in. Yeah. Neat. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> was there something that stands out to you from your five summers as being like, this was my experience at CBC? Um, yeah. I mean, there's, oh, geez, that's a, I could answer that a lot of different ways yeah. as well. <laughs> um, I Some, mean, something positive. Yeah, oh, there's lots of positive. There's okay. lots. Of, there's lots of positive things. Of yeah. course, there were. Is that why um, your voice broke? You're like, there were, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, really, yeah, um, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll um, think of one. No, there was lots. There was lots of positive things. I I think there was lots of things that I look back on and I wish, like, I just reflect on um, myself personally and know that like a lot of growth happened after I left camp. And you know, you which is totally understandable. Like it's post high school, right? You know, you're still growing and developing into who you are and, and learning things as you walk with the Lord. So I think if I could go back, you know, and, and uh, talk to 15 year old Dustin, I might approach things at camp a little bit differently, but mm. like who wouldn't right. Yes. Do things differently in their high school years. Um, For sure. but my experience <laughs> at camp was like, was super positive. Um, while I was in it, I really loved it. That's why I kept going back. Um, I never had a summer job besides camp really. Um, so like that was, Pretty that was, mint. yeah, that was life. <laughs> um, had lots of leadership opportunities. So developed that way. I mean, that's where I started leading worship. Um, had some really good friendships developed there. Um, yeah, a lot of like fun memories, um, really grew to love Dennis and Miriam, um, have some hilarious stories of when Dennis pranked us counselors, um, mm. did things like that. He was, they were fun. Um, they were really good. Um, and yeah, friendships that have continued on. And so overall, I would say that my experience was like really positive, very formational. Like it was definitely a big part of my, my spiritual walk, part of my story. So. Yeah, I think it's really easy to see where, yeah, I grew more when I left camp mm -hmm. in my 20s. Of course I did. But man, I started reading my Bible for the first time when I was at camp, right? Yeah. Or man, I started, it was the first time I was yeah, you play guitar. Great. You're leading worship. You're doing something, yeah, you know, and those, totally. I don't play guitar, but for me, it was like, Oh, you can, you can do this thing. Yeah. Go teach. And yeah. I was like, wow. Yeah. It was the first time I was responsible for actually like any sort of like supervision mm -hmm. of people and organizing people. Um, it was the first time I was really teaching, you know, and, and you these, liked it. these things have like come, they've kind of followed me on, you know? Um, so, 
So there's definitely, yeah, it's, it was definitely a formational That's time. Cool. Very yeah. cool. Yeah, there's <clears throat> two big things that stand out to me would be like that you learn to do to lead worship and mm -hmm. teach probably too, right? Like yeah, two, two things I see you do now are standing at the front of the church, either leading worship or preaching. Mm -hmm. And I would, you probably first exposure to both those things was at camp. Yeah, I, I definitely draw the direct line between camp and leading worship because mm -hmm. the memory of that was like, was very distinct where it was a, a more senior counselor where she one morning was like, Hey, I need, you know, a guitarist. Do you want to like, I know you right. play, do you want to play with me? And I was like, I don't know. I'm not, you know, she's like, well, I'll just, you know, try, you know, yeah. come on, come alongside. So I started by just playing with people and probably not doing a very good job, but you know, doing it in that environment allowed me to gain the confidence for it. And now I do it comfortably all the time. So there's yeah. definitely a direct connection there. The teaching one, I, I don't think in my mind there's as direct of a connection, but certainly it's, it's part of it. You know, yeah. you did it, you did it there pretty consistently. Mm -hmm. um, and, and yeah, like you said, that's become a pretty consistent part of what I'm doing now. So. Right. So you went away for Bible <clears throat> school. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know you've gone away to do missions. Yes. Has, are those tied at all? Bible school, going away, going away for missions. Has camp got any root in that? Or is that more of a God's been moving in your heart after camp and you're like, wow, missions is really important? Um, I think uh, yes and no is my answer to that. Like, okay, I good don't, answer. Yeah. Next question. Very, very no. clear. No. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm a politician that way. Uh, I don't think there's like a, I don't think I can draw like a direct line between, between camp and Bible school and right. missions and stuff. But I think that these things are all part of my story and they're like, they're right. all in, everything's intertwined. I actually like, I think about that a lot. Um, when it comes to like faith journey is like, it, it can be really hard to tease out, um, you know, cause and effect, uh, because these things are all just kind of intertwined. And no experience in your life um, is, is kind of isolated, right? So as, as important as camp, the day camp season was for me, I mean, I was there every summer through high school, it was only two months out of the year, right? And I like to talk about camp as it was my only life, you know, sometimes, or I did at the time, I like to talk about it in that way. It was like, yeah, camp is it. And then I have to do the school thing. Mm. Um, but, uh, but the reality is that like 10 months of the year, most of your life was not, was not camp. Right. Yeah. So there's other forces at play. And that's exactly how I feel when it comes to missions. I like my draw into anything missions related, um, has been kind of a, a long journey. It probably started out at, like as a kid, you hear stories of missionaries and you have this, like this totally misguided sense that like, they're the real Christians. Um, right. Like they're these perfect, <laughs> you know, models to live up to. And so I was like, oh yeah, I want to be a good Christian. So obviously I'm going to become a missionary. Mm. Um, there was like a draw to it then. And then, it, you know, as it grew on it, it was a draw to like, oh man, I'm just like interested in other cultures. I'm interested in that adventure. I'm interested in that piece. And then as you grow and you learn about the gospel and you learn about its implications, you're like, oh, this is a message that needs to go out to the nations. Mm. And you kind of see your motives ebb and flow and change. Um, and then, I mean, obviously at camp, Dennis and Miriam Brubaker, if, you know, if people don't know their backstory, they spent like, spent like 20 years in Zambia. Um, so yeah, certainly they had an influence on it. Um, time. yeah. Bible school was the first time I actually had the opportunity to travel overseas. Um, I went to the Philippines for two weeks oh, yeah, while I right. was there. Um, so yeah, all of these things kind of influenced it. And then, uh, and then more opportunities kind of came. Mm. Yeah. So where are you now? Are you a missionary? Is that your full-time job? No, um, I am not. So you're a bad Christian. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Just, just if you I, were wondering. Yeah. I, yeah. I deal with anxiety and shame too, and that's, that comment really oh, helped. Nice. Okay, yeah. we'll come back around to that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Um, While no, worshiping no. or... At other places you still worship though you still worship lead and stuff yes yeah yeah, yeah. is that your job no oh my i was getting to it terry <laughs> oh. can you man yeah. so good at interrupting that is Thank is you. that your spiritual gift it's one of them yeah um I don't think that's in the bible yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's All gotta right. be somewhere where are uh, you now 
Yeah, I I live in Elmira with my wife Sharice, um, and uh, I work for an environmental consulting firm in Guelph. So after I went to Bible school for a year and had my last year at camp, I started my engineering degree at Waterloo, got that. And then um, right after my degree, I took a short-term contract in the Democratic Republic of Congo, worked there for three months. And then when I got back from that, I started at my current job, which is this consulting firm. So I'm a groundwater engineer um, working on various water projects for them, have been for six years. Do you find people water? Not, that no. is not a super accurate description of my job. But, oh, like okay. a wizard. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You know those, yeah. those like those water witching waters. things? That's yeah, all. Yeah. Just like walk that. around and yeah. Oh. No, that's not it. No, I, yeah. I basically, in, in 30 seconds, I work on three different kinds of projects. Um, pre-development studies for municipalities before they develop an area usually has to have a, a groundwater study. Right. Um, we do contaminated sites work. Um, which is related to cleanup when there's mm. been, you know, primarily it's for pipeline sites or old gas stations, yeah, these types of okay. things. Um, and then the third one is all stuff related to water supply. Um, so like either um, protecting water sources or um, developing them, um, mm. designing wells, um, you know, uh, pumping tests, that sort of thing. Yeah. Neat. And you like this? Yeah, some days more than others, but yeah, right. I, I enjoy the I enjoy groundwater science. Yeah, it's I find it interesting. Oh, that's awesome. So, <clears throat> I guess I'm wondering, is there any part that camp has played into what you do now? None at all. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah. So fantastic. Well, there's water. There you have at it, camp. folks. Thanks for coming True. to the podcast. Yeah. Camp's on a lake, <laughs> yeah. and there was probably engineers involved in that. We so. do have a septic bed. <laughs> yeah. Again, I think that camp is kind of like always it's no, it's hard to draw a straight line between camp and, and For sure. oh, okay, why I decided to study engineering. But like, I think again, the whole, my whole journey in faith has been one where um, I knew that I wanted to combine my technical skills or experience my, yeah, my abilities and my vocation with um ministry of some kind like okay. i was and camp would have been a part of that right like camp right. is you know helps to solidify my commitment to my faith um and and everything and and so when i chose to study engineering it was with the mindset that like ah this could be a skill set that could be useful in different contexts of ministry specifically in the area of relief and development mm. you know you're a water expert you know, the, these things might come in handy. Um, and so that was really the motivation with which I chose to study engineering in the first place. Um, so was camp directly related to that? Not like really, but camp was a part of my spiritual formation. Right. My spiritual formation leads me to want to do something that could be valuable for the kingdom in a physical sense. Right. And so then that leads me to study engineering, to choose the career I'm in, and to pursue the opportunities after my degree right. that I have. Right. Cool. So. Very cool. Thanks, man. <laughs> um, I want to touch on something else. Uh, you mentioned like, so being a camp day camp counselor was is a small part of your CBC yeah. survival camp journey, and probably smallest portion now. Now that you're, uh, yeah, thirty, <laughs> getting getting close to that. Yeah. So um, I mean, like when you asked when you had when you asked me that question, the reason I asked you to be more specific is yeah. because is because like I've been at a, I've been involved with camp in one way or another for the past 23 years. Right. Right. Like I started, it was 1998, I think when I started as a camper. camper. Right. Right. And then, so 98, 2005, never missed a summer right after that, become a day camp counselor. And then after my time at day camp, there's this five year, I think it adds up to five year hiatus where I wasn't really sure. involved on any level. Um, and then I came back in 2016 and started my involvement with, with youth camp. Right. So I did one year in the kitchen, believe it or not. Um, right. I was in the kitchen for one year. Remember and that, then, yeah. uh, and then since then I've been a counselor at youth so camp. So I guess, yeah. So you had five years, um, involvement at camp, not through day camp <clears throat> Yeah. and five correct. years at day camp. So we talked about how day camp maybe yeah. has impacted some things. What kind of impact has that five years um, helping with youth camp 
had on your life or, or have you, what have you gotten from it or what like what do you like you, about doing it? Why do you keep going back? Like, you've yeah. also been teaching at Timothy training. Oh yeah. I forgot well, about that, that too. Yeah. 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 I mean, um, yeah. Teaching, teaching at Timothy training was like, uh, was kind of a no brainer. By the time you asked me to be involved, I had started to, um, to preach somewhat regularly at Woodside. And then, um, I had also done, I think I had also done some sessions with Darcy Duick, um, like, uh, some seminars, I guess you could say, or like adult Sunday school, um, type stuff. And so teaching was very much a part of what I was doing. Um, and so it was like, oh, I'll just follow in that vein. Right. Like, so Mm -hmm. it was an easy answer. Yes. So that was one thing. The youth camp side of things, honestly, like part of my involvement was because, um, my, I, there was this girl that I liked that was uh, involved. You know? What? Yeah, so I was dating Sharice at the time, and she was, she was involved with youth camp, and so that it sounded like a good thing. But then they didn't need counselors, um, but um, they needed some folks in the kitchen, so I volunteered to do that, which was a, great, was a great week. And then I, after that week, I was just, like, reminded of, um, I was reminded of camp, you mm. know, and what it's like to be a counselor. And right. um, my profession didn't really in allow me to be involved heavily in day camp but a week at the end of the summer to be involved with youth camp was like a very real possibility um and i had the one thing we haven't talked about at all is like over over the years um i've been involved with youth ministry at woodside right in various capacities too right so it was just like a it was like a throwback yeah it was a throwback a little bit and so it's like oh yeah i really enjoyed this and the other thing is i had matured quite a bit in that five-year span like there was a lot of like yeah there was a lot (laughs) of like growing up that i had done and like um some big things happened while i was at university that just kind of changed a lot of my outlook and so it was some of those things i alluded to earlier that i was like oh maybe i would have done that differently or i would have been different as a counselor and a leader yeah. Um, I kind of felt like I had the chance to redeem it a little bit. Sure. Uh, coming back to youth camp and r- not like totally reinvent myself, but approach things in, in a different way. And mm. so that's been fun at youth camp, um, continuing to grow, continuing to serve alongside Sharice. Um, yeah, to be involved in, in an aspect of camp that I hadn't in the past. I also like really remember back in the day that there was this really big separation between day camp and youth camp. Yeah. That always frustrated me, um, especially towards the end. And I mean, I was as guilty of it as, as anybody else, but there was a tendency to think like day camp was like the real camp. Right. And then like youth camp was just this like tag on thing. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I was excited to kind of bring the day camp history, but like with a fresh perspective of like, yeah, youth camp is, is as important and is as meaningful and can be as impactful. Yeah. So, yeah, I was going to ask yeah. you about that. Like, I know we all used to think that way. I think uh, it, there still is a little bit of that once in a while, but, um, and part of it's because day camp is longer and, yeah. um, so many kids and, and the counselors are all <laughs> committed to Christ and, and these kinds of things. But, well, the um, youth camp counselors are committed to Christ for sure. Well. Those, yeah. Yes. Just want to sure. clarify yeah, that. <laughs> exactly. Um, <clears throat> so I guess, yeah, like I, assumedly your perspective has changed on youth camp. Yeah. Um, to the point where you think it's obviously as valuable, if not more, at times. Or, um, well, it's just it's just different. It's a different, yeah. like so different. It's a different. It's um, it's another way we can can use that property to mm. to reach people and to like have an impact, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's great. Cool. Was there more of a question there? I feel like that. Nope. I feel like I just kind of hijacked that. No, no we just wanted good. to pump your tires. That oh, was okay. great. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Uh, do you have a favorite memory from camp? Like, you had try word it this way. If you could put a picture in a fr- in a frame on your wall, that was like one thing that you could remember camp by. Oh, jeez. Maybe it's a video or a GIF, GIF, whatever you say. What would that be? Oh man. Um. Well, listen. Like, you got to really think. Well, yeah, I had it. Well, this is one. This is one question that I kind of knew was coming, and I don't like a tough one. Yeah, it is. Well, it's tough because I haven't really like to be honest. Like, um, I don't think of my day camp years very frequently. Yeah, like I don't. No, I'm not like I don't look back at them and be like, oh, those were the days of my life. For sure. Like those, you know. Um, I. I mean, I. I 
that's not anything negative against them. It's just, it's been a while since I've like reflected or like looked mm. through photos or anything like that to kind of jog my memory of what those times were like. Um, yeah. One thing that like definitely sticks out, like I, I alluded to it earlier, like Dennis Brubaker was just, yeah. he was a pile of fun sometimes. And uh, <laughs> I can still remember. So we used to, um, uh, we used to water ski as counselors, right? Um, uh, after the kids had left, there was like a free time and uh, counselors would go water skiing um, if they were done their work duties or whatever, just to blow off steam or whatever. And there was a group of us that, um, you know, got really into it and we would go in the mornings. Sometimes mm. we'd do our morning skis. We got like pretty regular at it. Dennis would let us do, I think our last summer, Dennis would let us do it once a week. Yeah. And so we, last day of camp, a bunch of us, it was like our last day as counselors. And we're like, we're going to do this. We're going to go for one more morning ski. So we're up at like 6 a.m. The lake is like glass. We get down to the waterfront and all the gas lines from the boats are gone. There's not a single gas line in there. Nothing, nothing to connect the tank to the motor, right? So we can't go skiing. We're like, we're SOL. Yeah. And we're like, oh my goodness, Dennis. And sure enough, we walk back up and there he is sitting on his deck with his cup of tea, looking down at us and just chuckling away in, he probably wasn't even chuckling. He probably just had a smirk on. That's what, that's how Dennis was. And yeah, he had taken, he had taken all the gas lines and hidden them on us and we couldn't find them anywhere. And so he had completely ruined our like final ski. And that's just the kind of, that's just the kind of guy he did. It It was fun. That I, for whatever reason, that sticks out because it was just. It was. Really I remember funny. the I, the idea was <clears throat> we always wanted to prank Dennis, uh, especially when it was his final That's year, a fool's year or two. And that for sure it was. Yeah, it, he was unprankable. We tried a couple times, and he always knew. He just knew. He knew better. Yeah. So that, the yeah. other one he did <laughs> once was put um, in the space here. There was these rockets that had been built out of these big like sono tubes. Oh um, yeah. And he and at the end of the summer he put one on the fire at the right. counselor campfire. But what he didn't tell anybody, he has lined the inside of that sauna tube with fireworks. And so halfway through like the emotional worship set or whatever, <laughs> it fireworks start going off. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So that was fun. Terry, anything you want to ask Dusty about his life? About your life? What we've been talking about. Like personally, I have a couple of questions. Um, you are liking, you're working here, you're doing engineering, water engineering. Yeah. Just like in layman's terms. But um, you still want to do missions? Yeah, like, is sure. Is that because a, you need a, to be the perfect Christian still? Or is it because it's just worked its way into your life? No, I, yeah. I mean, I still want to be the perfect Christian, obviously. Okay, like, come obviously. On okay. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure Ooh, I wanted no. to clarify that. Um, no, but, yeah, no, part of the, part of my, part of my journey over the years has been like, has been like laying those things down. Right. And, and recognizing that like, no, um, like missions, relief development, overseas work, whatever you want to call it is not the pinnacle of what it means, um, to, to follow the Lord. Um, however, uh, there are, um, people who kind of find themselves drawn to that work mm-hmm. and, um, And, you know, maybe it's for a variety of reasons, um, but maybe part of it is just like a desire that the Lord has, has placed in somebody's heart. And that's kind of the category that Sharice and I find ourselves in is that we've always kind of had this inkling that this sort of thing might be part of our future. And like, you can see that in the, in some of the decisions that we've made, right? Like I alluded to getting my engineering degree, that was a decision that was influenced by that. Um, The opportunities I've pursued, um, like I said, I took a short-term contract right after um, university. I was in the DRC with an, with a, an NGO, right? Um, one of my uh, co-op terms was with a Christian missions organization. Um, I've, you know, been on the missions committee at Woodside, and I've taken various short-term trips through, through Woodside as well, right? So it's always, it's been a part of it just because I feel, I feel drawn to it. And then Sharice and I, that was one of the things that drew us together was that desire. She decided to get a nursing degree um, because of that um, same sort of logic is why I pursued engineering. Um, and now we're kind of at this place where we're, we're just kind of patiently waiting for what, what opportunities arise and, and where the Lord takes us. And, and right now he's not leading us. It doesn't feel like he's leading us into, um, you know, full-time long-term missions, but we think maybe that's, that's possible in the future. 
Um, right now, what we're looking at is more probably um, related to involvement with relief work. Um, so for the past few years, I've been involved with Samaritan's Purse, um, which is uh, one, of their, one of their ministries is disaster response. So I've been involved domestically with them, like in Canada, right. but then also had the opportunity to go to Bahamas for a few weeks to help after one of the hurricanes. Um, and yeah, like looking at how I can build my life in a way that I can be flexible to respond with them. Um, so that's not missions per se, but it is overseas work, right? It's Christian relief work. Um, so we're, we're looking to set ourselves up for that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to make work flexible so that I can, I can go and respond on those. Um, and Sharice is right now getting some experience as a nurse. Um, she went back to, she had taken some years off between high school and university. Um, uh, and then went back, got her degree and is now working as an RN to gain a little bit of experience. And then hopefully in the next couple of years, we'll be able to do that together for a little bit. Um, but one thing we've kind of learned is just to take, take, you know, one, one day, one month, one year at a time. Um, every time I've tried to plan my life, you know, five years ahead, it usually goes differently. Um, I think like university was about the only thing that was like, okay, I'm going to be in this right. in five years. And that uh -huh. was correct. You know, like things have just been a little bit, you know. Yeah. And even yeah. In, in university, right. It's not like straight five years. Yeah. It's like, wow, I didn't see myself doing this co-op term or this placement yeah. or even these right. courses. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, we're just, we're just being patient with it and we don't know where the Lord's going to lead us, but we're, we're kind of going one step at a time. And, but we've always, we've always kind of been drawn to this to this kind of work and not everybody is right. And that's okay. But it's just recognizing that like, well, okay, maybe the Lord is leading us in this. Um, and so we kind of one thing, one thing at a time and, and maybe we're never, maybe we're never going to get there. Right. And, uh, sometimes that's, uh, that's a more challenging reality than others. Um, but, uh, but we're just trying to be, I don't know, like I said, just faithful in what God leads us in today. So, yeah. In addition to camp, like you're still involved at camp with the youth camp. Yeah. Um, Timothy training. Is there, uh, Therese is on the board. Yes. So is that, that's, that's local mission. Mm -hmm. And yep. is, are there, are there other local missions that you see God kind of placing you into or, you know, getting your attention for? Yeah. I mean, most of our, and a lot of my current ministry involvement is, um, locally is with is with the church plant that we joined um from woodside a year and a half ago citizens church in elmira and so we've been involved with you know various aspects of that church plant um so a lot of my local involvement is through there like teaching regularly leading worship um leading we're leading a missional family at at church um sharice has some other opportunities um uh, has, has done a few different things outside of the church, um, been involved with, um, a ministry called the Manor in Guelph. Um, she's also now getting involved with, um, wild ginger coffee with Twyla Herb, um, which has some like ministry, um, has a ministry angle to it as well. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of what we're doing. We're doing around here. Um, cool. mm -hmm. very cool. A lot. Yeah. It's great. too much some days. I, I would bet. Yeah. <laughs> um, how do you choose a mission strip? You've done it a few times. Yeah. Um, what makes you pick one? What makes you think this is the one that's the one I'm going to do? I, I think it, the, the question assumes that um, when you, that one just like decides I am going to do a missions trip and then, looks at a buffet of options and picks one um it's <laughs> that's not, one way to go about it yeah I guess. It, it, it 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 is um for me it it just like hasn't um it hasn't it hasn't happened that way it's right. not like i had five different options to choose from and like oh, i'm gonna go to hawaii because the lord's calling me there um no you went to the bahamas those, yeah, people, are, right. those people are lucky right. let's be real here yeah last was in the bahamas <laughs> yeah after a hurricane, Terry. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. There's no buildings, Terry. Yeah. Goodness. <laughs> Just um, beach. Yeah. Uh, so for me, it's just been like the opportunities that have presented themselves okay. before me. Right. Like and you so said it, yes to all of them or like some you've said no to. Uh, I, that's a, I mean, I haven't said yes to all of them. Right. No, so I haven't walked. 
I guess in the same sense you've but again which it's, one, it's how have you how have you made the decision like oh this is the one or yeah this one's I got to go on this one yeah um I think a lot of it has to do with like opportunity and availability and then um and then just like I don't know laying it laying it before the Lord thinking about it and then going with it like there's right. no I don't have a magic formula I guess is what I'm saying like different yeah. things have each one has kind of had a different decision calculus associated with it. Right. Um, the one, the one in Bible school was like, Oh, I want to do this overseas thing because I knew I was drawn to overseas work. And I, and it was the first opportunity I'd ever really been presented with. Yeah. Um, to, to go, um, and experience a different culture. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this because I want to, I know that missions is something that I've been drawn to. So I kind of want to like test the waters out. So I did that. Right. Sure. There, that was basically all there was to it, right? Um, then with with my co-op term with Engineering Ministries International in 2013, so that was in the middle of my degree, um, I like Googled engineering missions, and then this okay. came up. I went and talked to some people at um, Missions Fest in Toronto, um, kind of learned a little bit about the organization, put an application in. They offered me a spot in their Colorado office. I was hoping for something not stateside but Mm. it was what it was i was i wrestled a little while with whether or not to take it because i did want to go overseas right but you know i prayed about it i talked with my parents about it and then at some point i was like no like this is the door that got us open so i'm gonna walk through it and like amazing decision like wouldn't have traded that for the world like that was very a very formational four months um and then when i went with them it was like like so i was in colorado but then i did two trips with them overseas for a couple weeks each and that was just like, this is what you're doing. So like, okay, you know, yeah. this is what I'm doing. Um, with Woodside, I was on the missions committee. We were starting this partnership with, um, with our long-term partners in Zambia. And it was like, well, we need a leader. We need some people to go. There was a water aspect to it. It was like, well, that's a need I can fill. I can, I can lead a team. So off I went again. Yeah. With SP, with Samaritan's Purse, the different responses have been short term. Like, I've been requested to go probably like five times, but only once did it pan out with availability and opportunity. Right. Right. And so that's that. Those are the kind of things. With Samaritan's um, Purse, do you have to like <clears throat> pay your own way? Uh, no. No, not with, with that. Not with their international. <clears throat> that's cool. Yeah. And if someone wanted to get into that, relief help whatever was it called relief disaster relief disaster relief uh yeah is just you just apply on their website yeah you apply on person you apply on their website you need to um generally you need to have a skill set that applies to something that they're doing right not just Um, a person and you need to have professional experience (laughs) yeah for someone who's like for someone who's exploring missions yeah um as like a as like a, a you know or like exploring overseas work um uh, disaster relief is not the place to go to just sure. kind of explore. Like, yeah, that's um, for when yeah. you need to show up and know how to do something well, do it well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In short. Yeah. There's yeah. more to it than sure. that, but yeah, in, in short, <laughs> like if I'm, if I'm, if I'm 20, 20 years old and I want like an, an over, like an international cross-cultural experience. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going on an no. SP disaster relief trip you might be able to go like samaritan's purse might have short-term trips that you could go on right that are not disaster relief but um but yeah not it's a different different opportunity um right we know people have gone out to help with cleanup like flood cleanup or whatever right they're not actually doing disaster relief but they're they're doing the cleanup so you can come in and set up the water system. Right, sure. Yeah, there's or there's in like in Canada there's domestic there's domestic opportunities. Um, so domestic meaning in Canada with SP, like for example, the BC floods just yeah. happened, right? Yeah. And they're looking for volunteers out in BC, right. right? So someone flew out there to volunteer, you know, that's, you know, that's somewhat disaster relief. It's not as cross-cultural maybe, but that's something that, you know, just about anybody can do. Mm. Um, but, um, but yeah, the international disaster relief is a little bit different. Um, in terms of like, if you're asking like if I'm thinking like I'm I'm you know 19 or 20 and I want like uh, I'm interested in this and I'm I want to explore it like well let's think like super locally like if I'm in Citizens Church I'm in Woodside Church probably my first step is like I'm talking to my missions committee at right. my church to be like what opportunities are there 
Um, cause short-term tricks trips are tricky, um, because they can be, um, they can be like super unhealthy right. or they can be like really great. Um, and it's difficult to know. It's difficult for an individual who's, you know, just, it's their first foray into it yeah. to discern the difference between the two. Yeah. Um, so, so you like rely on, you want to rely on people who kind of know what's up. Right. 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 And a lot of churches have a long-term missionaries that they're supporting. That's correct. Where they can like, if you're interested, we'll connect you with Bob and Cindy um, overseas. Right. And you can go spend three weeks with them. Yeah. So like one of the, one of the great opportunities through Woodside, um, traditionally we've been connected with, um, uh, uh, Becky and Carlos Ortega in Ecuador. Ecuador. Yeah. Right. And they have, uh, oh, I'm, I'm going to get the Spanish name wrong, but the, the lighthouse of hope camp. Yeah. Right. And they have invited, regularly invited, um, Canadian churches to, to send teams down there to be a part of their, a week of their camp. Right. Right. Um, and for a high school student or for an early, you know, college student, like these are great opportunities because, um, it's with a long-term partner, Becky and Carlos are there full time. They don't disappear after the short-term team goes home. They're involved. And it's like, they are asking for people to come down because it's a special environment right. when you bring a, a group of Canadians, it comes with its challenges for sure. But like, it's, they, they keep asking for us to come down because it's, it, it brings something special when you have this cross-cultural for both their, for both this, like our students going down as well as their students who are, who are there and get to meet Canadians and, and, you know, yeah. all this kind of thing. So there's, there's like mutual benefit there, right. which is the sign is one of the signs of like a, a healthy short-term trip. So that's a great chance for somebody to experience travel, kind of get this, like they kind of fill their, their tourism sort of bug. Um, but they, and they also, um, you know, are doing something that's invited, right. It's an asked, it's not just like, Oh, yeah. we want to go and do something. And, Oh, now this group of Canadians is coming down. We got to find something for them to do. So like, let's have them paint the church again. <laughs> right. Right. Just put up another shack. And yeah. Still use it yeah. For something. It's like, yeah, there's again, like one of the, some of the key things for me for short-term trips are like, it's, it's part of a long-term strategy. Right. And it's invited. That's a huge thing. Okay. It's like, it's invited by the local people. Like they want, they want a, your help or they want you to be there. Um, it's not just like us saying like, oh, we should do something to help these people. So like, let's, let's force our way on this, right. you know, it can be <clears throat> yeah, all so of that, like, all that, there's so many like cultural nuances involved with right. that. And that's where like, if somebody's new to the whole world, it's just like, okay, like talk with somebody who isn't new to the whole world. Um, even me, like, I, I mean, I've listed off a few things that I've done, but I like, I don't feel qualified to speak on missions in a lot of ways. Um, because like I've, I'm not a long-term missionary. I'm not in these places. Like, yeah, I've done these trips and I've thought about it a lot and I've read some books and, and, you know, it's easy easy to compare yourself to people like Darcy or Dennis and Miriam or whoever and be like, I'm nowhere near qualified. Yeah. I I like bounce when I'm thinking about these things, I bounce ideas off of Darcy all the time. And like Dennis and Miriam are on the missions committee at Woodside. And so like, um, I have some confidence because of that history with them of like, I'm not barking up the wrong tree because they're there yeah. and they're kind of like affirming my thoughts and, yeah. and, and opinions. But when Dennis speaks up or Miriam speaks up at a missions committee meeting, I stop and I yeah. listen because they've got like 20 years on the field and they are invested yeah. in our current missionaries. And so you pay attention to, to like their wisdom in those yeah. contexts. And so that's where I'm saying like anybody that's young and is interested in, in exploring this whole place, like, Look for those people yeah. and like listen to them, right? <clears throat> yeah. So, I mean, I guess I was going to ask you uh, um, about short-term versus long-term missions a little bit, kind of just touched on that quite, yeah. a, quite a bit there. So, um, and this is all coming from someone who has done neither short right. or long-term yeah, missions. Sure. So I guess as someone who has done both, maybe you do feel not quite qualified to speak well, as a whole I, on the thing. I but. don't think I have, I haven't really done long-term missions. Right. Okay. You've done a longer than most people. Sure. Missions. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Just again, you know, a brief overview or like two minutes, like, like maybe outline. What are you, what are you th- saying when you say unhealthy short-term missions? Like, 
I see you have the book when helping hurts. So obviously you're somewhat prepared to answer this question, but yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm not just going to lay, I'm not going to read a passage. I just, no. I yeah. set them there so I would remember to mention them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of ink has been spilled on this topic and it's like, For sure. um, it's like kind of trendy. It has become kind of trendy to poo poo on short term trips. Right. And to like really criticize them. Right. It's the question, the like classic, like, why spend all this money to send these people down? Like, mm, can't yeah. we just, you know, send the can't money? we just send the money? Yeah. yeah. Um, like, what can you really accomplish in two weeks anyways? Right. Right. right? And I think or is these, it just like mission tourism. Yeah. Is it just volunteerism? Yeah. And like what it, and, and I mean, these questions are born out of like, I mean, in North America, we have an insanely large short-term trip industry and it yeah. is an industry, right? Right. Um, like tons of people going, going on these trips and like, yeah, there is this proclivity towards like volunteerism and we're like, and people are reevaluating this and saying like, man, is this, is this healthy? Right. Right. Because you've got stories of like, okay. So for example, you've got like a, a group of teens go to some inner city in, you know, pick, pick your city in North America. They go to do this inner city mission and they do, sure. They go to Chicago and they do some like street ministry and they go and they, they minister to all these guys on the street and they come back to their church and they tell this great story of all these people that came to, came to faith. Right. And the people who are like downtown Chicago and like working there week after week know that this guy, Billy, that they're telling the story about back at their church on Sunday morning. Like that's the 10th time he's come to the Lord in the last year. Right. Because just yeah, it's what he does. We, he, he knows how to, he knows how to listen to him and bought him three meals for that day. Right. And, and that's whatever. not, that's not like not a, they're wrong. That's but. not a, a slight against Billy. That's no. just like, that's just a recognition that like real relationship and real discipleship happens over the long term. And yeah. so you can't go in and expect that. to. So that's what I mean when it's like, it's unhealthy and we think we're doing all this things to help, but it's not, or like a short term trip goes and paints a church. Yeah. Because that's all they could figure out. Like, what can these teenagers do? Or what can these unskilled adults do? Oh, we'll have them paint the church. And the next year, somebody else paints the church. Yeah. Because, you know, like, these are, the, these are the kinds of things. Or they're doing things that the community doesn't even need. Yeah. Right? They're like, they're building a school when they needed a well. Or they're building a well when they needed a school. Right? And it's like these are the things that I mean that it can become unhealthy because we import like what we think we need or we think the community needs rather than what the community thinks that thinks they need. Um, we go in and we do these short-term things without long-term follow-up. There's no consistent presence. Like these are all the things that can happen. Right. Right. And I mean, I can't, again, I'm not the ex like I've done a fair bit of reading and thinking and talking about it. So yeah, I might have more thoughts than most on this but like anybody who's really interested in these topics can't encourage them enough to read books like the two that i've got beside me toxic charity or when helping hurts to kind of like expand on these ideas of of when when things can be unhealthy right right? but all of that said so we know that these things can be unhealthy but like i said i think it's it's really trendy these days to be like oh like we shouldn't spend 30 grand we should just send that money you know, or it, and in the same way, it's like people are, are like, oh, I got to look at the charity and like find out what their administrative fee is. And really all it is is a cloaked excuse to not donate. Right. It's like, oh, well, they're all charities are wasting money. Their admin fees are too high. So I'm not going to give my money anywhere. It's like, well, that's <laughs> now we've just made an error on the other side. Right. And that's what I that's how I kind of feel with short term trips, because I've like I think short term trips can be really, really valuable. If yeah, like you said, right, if you've yeah. been invited. If you're going down to help and support someone that your church is already supporting, yeah, they want you there. There's some real benefit to these. Totally. Things. So for like when we were when we were in um, Zambia, so Mark and Carmen Brubaker, this is like how small the world is then too. Like Mark Brubaker would be Dennis and Miriam's son. So Mark and Carmen are are missionaries from Woodside, and and they work in Zambia. And they yeah. a while ago, Mark came to Woodside and with a proposal for a for a, a church led community. To, community development project where we would be partnered with a community. Um, we would have financial responsibility to give towards the projects. Um, and then we would send short-term teams. So two weeks at a time for at least three years. Um, 
and, uh, and we go to this community. So same community we're going back to. Mark is working in this community like all, all year, yeah. right? Um, and he's working, with the com- he's working with the committee of community leaders to identify what projects need to be done on the, on the island. We were working on an island. So the community identified that like, we want to improve our early childhood education. Right. So they wanted to build three preschools on the island and they wanted to train some teachers. And then there was also the identification for a water project there and some, some other things. But the, the, main, the main thing was actually this, these preschool year over year. So we sent people who were skilled in construction right. in cabinet making. Um, I went down the first year to help with some of the water stuff. Um, we sent some nurses um, and, some East, and some people with some skills related to early childhood education. And we addressed some of those needs. We went for two weeks, we met some people, and then some people went on repeat trips, right? So when I went on two, two of the trips, when I got off the boat, the second trip, I got off the boat to people that I recognized and people who recognized me. And that was a powerful experience for both of us, right? So that's, what, that's something you can't, I can't buy that experience, yeah. right? I can't send a $10,000 check and have somebody say like, whoa, you came back, Yeah, yeah. right? Um, I can't, I can't buy $10,000 and know the name of the people, right. And know their faces and be able to send WhatsApp messages like that doesn't, you can't just like write a check right. and get that. Right. And that's mutually beneficial on their side, on our side. That's what like the gospel is all about. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's like the physical side where there's like a, a proper skill and need that needs to be filled. And mm-hmm. so Mark was pretty like firm. He's like, yeah, we want skilled teams of people that that can help us with these things you know then another short later another short term trip went down and helped set up a uh a feed mill in another community and that's that's being used you know for um to generate income for that community yeah right very quick trip a week right and did they did those five guys or whatever it was did they like change the world down there no they went and did one thing and they they knocked it out of the park. They got a job done and it was super useful, but it was invited and it was part of a long-term strategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned some of your local, the local mission things that you um, are passionate about or involved with. Sure. I guess what uh, overseas missions are you, or locations are you drawn to, or is it a certain cause or a certain type? Like going forward, mm-hmm. are you like, oh, if, if something comes up in this place or in this country, I would go? Or is it if something comes up with like this need, I would go? Yeah. You know, what kind of it's thing good, are you looking for or drawn good, to? Good question. Because, um, yeah, I'm not just like um, Africa's the promised land. I must right, go to Africa. Yeah. Like, I don't know. If- <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Um, I think for us, for Sharice and I, um, kind of a few things stick out. And I think they're slightly different for Sharice. I should let her speak for herself. She's not here right now, but um, I think, I think it's fair to say that both of us are drawn to um, vuln- like vulnerable people and to, um, and specifically to people in crisis. And so that's why our draw, currently our draw is to, to look to Samaritan's Purse, right. As opportunity to do this disaster relief, to meet people, right in their like in their need in their need right in their immediate need cool um and and to fill that to put a band like it's not relief work isn't the be all and end all because you know relief is a short-term solution right right? but like it's when a crisis has happened and there's somebody's bleeding and you need to put a band-aid on it you need to get them help right away right um we're drawn we're drawn to that and so that's kind of where the direction that we're heading and and our skill sets kind of lend themselves to those like our professional training so that's kind of the direction we're heading in. Geographically, um, there is and isn't particular regions. Um, I think as a general rule, no. There's like, we'll go anywhere and do anything. I'm as compelled to go to BC right now and help with the flooding relief as I would be to, um, to fly to Ethiopia. Right, right. Okay. Like, there's a sense in which I'm drawn to both, right? Yeah. Um, but I think I've always kind of been drawn to overseas work a little bit more. 
Right. There's just, if I'm being honest with that, like that's yeah. just, and I don't know why it just is. BC is flooded. It's kind of like going overseas. Yeah. There you go. Uh -huh. <laughs> Sorry. Good yeah. one. Um, uh, no, it's not. <laughs> uh, probably one thing that we, we wonder is if, is if we ever will be drawn to the Middle East specifically. We've, wow. If there was a, if there was a geography that we. And neither of you have been there, right? Correct. Which is the super interesting part. And yeah. neither, not, neither of us have like been super involved with, um, you know, Muslim folks right. at all. Right. Yeah. Um, like I had, I had a, you know, a few friends at school, um, that were, that came from a Muslim background. One guy I talked with for a little bit, but like, other than that, That's not like not a ton of exposure, but we've yeah. always kind of had this sense of like, ah, maybe. And I wonder, Sharice is particularly drawn to vulnerable women and children. Um, and so there's some like, so some connections there, there obviously yeah. mm -hmm. um you know without getting into too many details but that's yeah. that's the idea so i mean if there were a geography that would probably mm -hmm. be it um but at this point we're trying to i don't know we just like we just feel we're trying to keep it open because yeah. we have a tendency to make these things identity issues mm -hmm. to make them core and if you do that then the lord has this tendency to not let you go there yeah and and um and that's what we want to avoid we want to avoid our we identity to, we to want him to core. be yeah we want him to be our core so that means that like yeah right now we're staying we're living on oreo parkway in elmira we're going to citizens and we're investing there and if the opportunity comes up to go overseas we will um but we're desperately trying to not make missions relief and development what we have to do yeah to have our identity right because that's super dangerous and yeah. that's where i've I've fallen into traps before. And that would um, totally displace youth camp. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Can't and youth that. camp is now for sure so the pinnacle so of selfish. Christian living. <laughs> Thank so. you. Um, so okay. glad. This is my last question. Missions related. <laughs> oh, we just, I felt like we were just getting started. Okay. We can keep going. Uh, it's, it's probably more personal, but uh, you have a buddy, Gigi. I do. Uh, he was in your wedding. Yes. What a guy. He yeah. lives in, I can't remember where. Botswana. Botswana. Yeah. And so where, how did you meet him again? I can't remember what, what, if that was through your job or through a trip or, and do you have plans to go back and is, are you drawn at all to that? Because you have that very yeah. personal connection there. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah, that's a great question. Uh, yeah. So Gigi, I met um, the first time I went to Zambia. Right. Um, so that was in 2013. I was with Engineering Ministries International. Um, it was my second trip with them. We went to Zambia to do a master plan to, de to design a campus for um, a missionary training center. Right. So that's just through your job, not like a missions trip? Uh, it was a co-op term. Okay. With EMI is a, is a Christian missions organization. Right. That is like, is technical in nature. So right. we're like a, they were like a non, <laughs> they're like a non-profit engineering firm. Okay. That's basically in short, right? You know, it was during your co-op. During the co-op, yeah. yeah. So we'll go on this short-term trip overseas, meet him there, um, you know, get connected with him, and then just stay in touch yeah. over the years. Um, when I went back to Zambia with Woodside, I made a point of connecting with him. One time, I actually stayed for a couple extra weeks. We met up um, in the southern part of Zambia. Right. We did some traveling together, just like purely tourist kind of stuff. Um, again, stayed connected over the years. And then when Sharice and I got engaged, we were like, man, it would be awesome to have Gigi come. Yeah. And so invited him to come to the wedding. He was able to come over and, uh, and yeah, the friendship has just grown. So yeah, yeah, I met him on the first trip to Zambia and the friendship's grown since then. Um, so in terms of like, does he pull me back to that region of the world? I mean, if I go back to that region of the world, I will see him again and I will sure. continue to enjoy the in-person stuff. But like, it doesn't have a, like a, a huge pull right. it's more just honestly like at this point it's it's like more would love to go back there just to see him right. i don't need to go back there on like okay. a missions trip necessarily so I just, there's nothing about the project you did then or working with him then that you would be like oh i would want to go back and work with him or i'd want to go back and do that project more see through, through no the, no that's all done yeah it. no it's kind of it's okay. kind of finished it's run its course yeah. i just want to go back and see where and he see, lives and yeah. hang out with him and because <laughs> he, he moved right since he last uh yeah right. and he's married now too right yeah, yeah. um uh, we were actually going to go to the wedding hopefully in... he got a good bride price <laughs> oh jeez, don't even <laughs> 
Um, yeah, that's an, that's another story for another time. Um, it's cultural differences, guys. Yeah. You wouldn't get it. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, um, it's a really funny. Is that story. a Mennonite thing? It's a really Is that funny why I wouldn't story. get it? No, it's a. No, I'm the just Indian joking. Botswana no, thing yeah. or whatever. So. Yeah. So the con now now I feel like I have to tell the story. No, you sure. don't have to. Just the but brief briefly like briefly in in there's still um in Botswana culture there's something called the the bride price which is like a symbol of respect to the family that raised the bride right so you can kind of connect the dots of what that was yeah. well Gigi when he came over for our wedding he was wondering he asked me like what was the bride price for that I had to <laughs> give to Sharice's family and uh and we we just explained that no that's not it's not something that exists in in Canadian culture we show respect differently but he was yeah so it was that was a the situation at my family's uh dinner was Very was fun. was funny because of that and <laughs> it was, was, there was all sorts of like when yeah. I was over there there was all sorts of like interesting cultural like experiences with getting to know him and then when he came here he was here for a month and um yeah, it was. We have all sorts of of funny stories from that. Um, he really he really enjoyed it. But yeah, we were supposed to go to his wedding. That was like oh, that's right. That was but like a few months go. after COVID. We were like ready to. Oh, we were like ready to book plane tickets when the world ended. Yeah, um, and so then yeah, which is then and then that his wedding got delayed. It was crazy. Like yeah. he couldn't because his wife's from South Africa. Um, oh, that's they, he right, couldn't cross right. the border for a while. Yeah. And then, yeah, it was just like, it was a mess. And right. then they finally got married in September and, um, like September of 2020. And then they've been, they've been having to live, live apart because she's got a professional career in South Africa. He's still working in Botswana and all sorts of yeah. things going on there. But, but yeah, cool. would love to just go back and visit him. Visit him. Yeah. It's a beautiful part of the world. Like yeah. Botswana is gorgeous. And, um, yeah, I would love to explore South Africa more. Too many top ten lists. But that's no, cool well, to see, know. that's the see, that's the other <laughs> interesting thing. Like the side benefit of of like doing missions, and like I mean, sometimes we like to not talk about it because you're supposed to be sacrificing when you go right. away and everything. But like, you get to see some like pretty awesome parts of the world. How dare you enjoy yourself? I know, right? <laughs> you're like, serving God here. This little uh, you this should little, be suffering. <laughs> this, like this little Zambian island that we went to, like and worked with Mark and Carmen. Yeah, was like. It is like not a tourist destination at all. Yeah. Like, but like you just, like it is, it is stunning. Yeah. They, these people live in a gorgeous part of the world and it is like, you go there and you're just like, man, these corners that like God has created mm. and nobody gets to see and everybody just think, oh, it's this rural little village. There's nothing yeah, to yeah. it. Like it's, they're impoverished and, and it's like, no, like God is at work there. God is there. Like in nature, he was present. He created it in the people he's present and he's like working in their hearts and, and he's doing some, some great things. And, yeah. and yeah, it's just, it's just great. There's so much good out there to experience. Yeah. Last thing for me. And then we'll see if Terry needs to ramble on for however long, but okay. um, you mentioned a while ago, okay, like half an hour uh, that <laughs> you were praying for opportunities, asking God for a way to do some mission stuff. He opened the door to Colorado. Oh. And yeah. you finally decided to take it, yeah. thinking this is the door that's been open for me. I think that's a really cool lesson that we um I mean, we all need to learn, I think, at some point mm -hmm. in our life. But like where we often we want God to to do things for us or we we ask for opportunities or we ask for a way or what direction should I go, which school should I go to, or whatever. We ask for for direction from God and then yeah. He gives us door and he gives us openings and he gives us pathways and they're not the ones we want, so we say no. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, I guess I was just wondering, like, is, was that actually something big that you had to learn at that time? Or am I just pulling something out of nothing? Or No, no, I think that that was, I think that that was like super accurate to, um, to my experience there. I don't think, I don't think it's always like, like that exactly. Sure. Um, that yeah. he's just going to like not give us, he's not a God that just like shuts every door and doesn't ever give us what we wanted. Right. Um, I've heard some people, you know, kind of almost make it sound like every time the thing that you really don't want to do, that's what God is calling you to. And I don't think that that's the case no, all the yeah. time either. Um, Sounds ucky. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but sometimes he like, I, I don't know, like, and, and I don't like, did God, did God like actively close the door to the other offices with EMI so that I couldn't go there? Because he specifically wanted me in Colorado, I I, well, I don't know. That's I'll, hard to say too, right? You tell but, me, and we'll both know. Yeah. Um, but 
but I do think that there was something really significant of once those doors were closed was like taking the opportunity that was in front of me. Yeah. And like, I think he was like, yeah, I want you to walk in this. And like, are you willing to follow me even when it doesn't look exactly like you hoped? Right. And, uh, and I remember wrestling with that and be like, ah, oh, should I try again next time? Why didn't I get it? And the other thing, the other context you got to know too, is like at that point, like, I don't think I'd ever, like, had I ever been rejected from, from something? I don't, right. I don't know. Um, you know, like I probably not, maybe not in any significant yeah. way. Um, and so that was, that was big. And, um, and I remember like wrestling through it, trying to decide it. And then I can remember very clearly the when I finally said out loud or like agreed in my mind, like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to Colorado. It was like instant peace. Yeah. Like I have never like that, that still remains to this day. Like the example I think of when I'm like, what does it feel like to have God's peace in a decision? Mm -hmm. What does it feel like to know that like, yeah, this is, this is where I want to head or that's where cool. he wants me to head. That's like, that's the example. Um, and so there was a very real sense in which like there was a right and wrong decision in that, yeah. in that moment, you know, where God wanted me to do one thing or the other. Yeah. Um, it's not, again, it's not always like that. Yeah. Um, sometimes I think he's like, I mean, you make up your mind, like do it. Like both are good. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but in that, in that moment, I definitely felt like he was moving me. Like, I want you to go. And like, I think the, the four months that followed, um, and some other things in those situations were like, it was clear that like, yeah, that was, that was affirming. Um, so, uh, but yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, no, that's, that's amazing. Thank you so much. Thanks for sharing your story and yeah, some of the things you're exploring. Hopefully and... it was valuable on some level. Oh, fantastic. Oh, I'm sure it was. So many great points. Not to you though. No, you know, I knew it all. So <laughs> yeah. No. no, that's great. Um, if you have questions for Dusty, I'm sure he'd be willing to talk or sit down yep. for a coffee or whatever. Absolutely. Um, so you can shoot me or Terry a message mm -hmm. and we can get you in contact with him. If you want to talk about engineering or missions or more about anything he said or just you just like the sound of his voice and you want to talk to him more. That's good too. Um, yeah. Let us know. <laughs> that's it, Terry. That's all I got. That's great. It was fantastic. All right. Thanks guys. Thanks. Thanks we'll Dusty. see you again. Yep. We'll see you. Thank you.